You're listening to the really useful podcast. This is the tech podcast for technophobes from makeuseof.com. I'm Christian Corley, and joining me in a few moments' time will be my co-host, Ben Stegner. Now, you probably know that usually when you uh, download the really useful podcast or click play, however you're doing it, uh, we have weekly news related to tech events that matter to you. Might be security issues with your computer, might be a new app, a new feature in an operating system that you use, that kind of thing, generally. Occasionally, we like to dedicate an entire show to an entire subject. So this week, we are, as you can probably tell from the title of this episode, talking purely about the Nintendo Switch. I've um, recently got a uh, Steam Deck. But it's not the easiest thing to carry around with you for start doesn't off fit in your pocket quite right doesn't fit in your pocket no not not easily it's got a nice case with it but it doesn't really fit in your pocket so well and i suppose because of how much it cost and a few other things it doesn't have removable controllers i suppose obviously there's things like bluetooth i know but bear with me i'm going somewhere with this it's not as it is very flexible and I've been able to do loads of cool stuff with it, but it's very different experience to a different handheld controller. Probably the greatest handheld game console, if not the greatest game console ever released, which is the Nintendo Switch. And this week's really useful podcast, we're going to talk about the Nintendo Switch, aren't we? We are, which makes me happy because I like it quite a lot. Every time someone mentions it, I kind of think about what a great all-around system it is. I mean, it's been just an amazing lineup of games for five plus years from Nintendo and third-party developers and ports of other games and indie it's a great indie game uh, machine too so really there's just a lot to love about it yeah now we do have a list of things that we're probably going to talk about and I don't know how deep we're going to go into some of these but before we do that I mean we could I mean I did think about actually completely dumping what we'd already decided on and just digging out every single link to a Nintendo Switch article and make use of and calling this podcast like 99 things you can do with a Nintendo Switch or something ridiculous like that. But then it, I thought about it, I thought, well, there probably isn't enough time to do that anyway. Um, and that's I should, be that's a bit 50, unfair on Ben things. as well. 49 <laughs> things. Maybe, yeah. Now, what I wanted to do to ask you was, as you can hear, I've got mine there. And my little girl has recently been playing one of those games on the uh, 51 Worldwide Games cartridge. What I wanted to ask you was, what games do you have installed at the moment? Uh, installed quite a lot, because I, I got a 200 gigabyte SD card years ago. Yes, yeah. almost full, but I have a lot <laughs> installed. Um, what I've been playing lately, so uh, I just got Splatoon 3 last week, which I'll talk about later in recommendations. Um, otherwise, I just bought um, Moving Out, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, it's a co-op game, kind of in the vein of Overcooked, which we talked about a couple weeks ago, was my recommendation. Um, bought that to play with some friends, but I haven't played it yet, so can't comment too much on that. Um, otherwise, I haven't been playing too much on Switch, mainly Splatoon, but I have to go 
look because I'm forgetting what I've been playing, as dumb as that sounds, since I haven't played my Switch in a while. Um, that does sound a bit dumb, yeah. Very, yeah, uh. dumb. Uh, <laughs> very excited for for Bayonetta three though, which comes out in October. I'm very excited for that. So that's I've been waiting for that for a while. I played the first two Bayonettas on before the Switch was out. They're on Switch now, but that's not where I played them. Okay. Um, yeah, but looking forward to that. Okay. Um, my own um, system currently has um, 51 Worldwide games, Star Wars Skywalker Saga, Marvel Superheroes 2, and I suppose if I'm going to stick to uh, current games or modern games, Overcooked Special Edition, Overcooked 2, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, what else is there that doesn't sound like I'm an old man? Um, Just Dance 2021, which makes me sound like I'm really um, live and uh, athletic, which I'm not. And Rocket League, I suppose. Oh, and I suppose what, what, Warlock of Firetop Mountain is a kind of a good crossover because most of what's on here is retro stuff. Uh, so I've got Turrican, um, Turrican Anthology Volume 1 and Volume 2. I've got... T- nerdy turrican flashback i've got it's a lot of turrican it is a lot of turrican um i love it. it's the same turrican as well um, um space invaders invincible collection the wonder boy collection uh darius hd uh there's a lot of retro stuff on here and then there's the um there's the nez and snes stuff as well i don't have any uh i don't have the um plus pack so i don't have any nintendo 64 at this time. I've also got Super Mario Brothers 35, which I'd forgotten about. Yeah, I still have that installed too. I kept it on my system kind of like I kept uh, PT on my PS4, if you remember that. I was like, you can't get this anymore, so I'm just going to keep this on here, even though it doesn't do anything. <laughs> it's only online, and you, they shut shut it off, obviously. But um, yeah, you saying all of those made me, I said earlier, I kind of, I didn't forget what I had on my system, but I forgot what I'd been playing before Splatoon, I guess, because I jump around between my systems. But you saying all that also made me remember I have a lot of games I've bought for Switch that I haven't played yet. So I've I've had Fire Emblem Three Houses sitting for a while, which I've heard is really good. Um, haven't really played that series before, but heard that's a good starting point. Um, I also have Shin Megami Tensei Five, which is kind of the granddaddy of the Persona series, which I've I love Persona Five. It's my favorite game, so I figured I'd get that when it went on sale to kind of see where the series got its roots. I guess. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of what all I got them. I got Mario Golf Super Rush. Oh, what's that like? Ago on sale. It's okay, honestly. It's kind of Nintendo has this trend lately with some of these like mid tier games of like releasing it and then it doesn't have a lot of content at launch. And then they add stuff in over the next couple of years that should have been yeah. there to start with. Like Mario Strikers was the same way. The new Mario Strikers are um, like I heard it. It's like reviews said it's good. There's just not a whole lot here, which makes it kind of hard to to buy it first better to wait and then get it when it has everything packed in later yeah yeah well we're recording this in september uh mid-september and you know we'd like to think that it's still months and months and months away but really christmas is three months away so if you're thinking what am i going to buy for person x for christmas a Nintendo Switch might come up, but of course now there are three Nintendo Switches. There's the original Nintendo Switch, there's the Switch Lite, and the Switch OLED model, which uh, makes us wonder which would be the best option. And what's the difference between them, Ben? 
Yeah, so the three models are not super different, but there there are some key distinctions to know. So uh, the Switch Lite, first of all, is the cheapest one. It's $100 cheaper than the main Switch at about $200. Um, that system is meant for portable use only. Uh, so the main draw of the base Switch is that you can take it on the go with you, or you can use the dock to attach it to your TV and play like a traditional home console. So the Switch Lite doesn't have that option. Um, so the controllers are attached to the system. You can't detach them uh, and you can only use it on the go. So that's a great option for um, maybe a, a younger kid or if you just want it as a portable system, the Switch Lite is good uh, for that. Uh, the main switch is kind of the jack of all trades one. It has the dock to use at home, like I said. The controllers are detachable, so you can uh, use them in your hands or buy more uh, or use them for games like Ring Fit Adventure where you have to put them inside an accessory. Uh, and then finally, the Switch OLED is kind of the premium model. It's about $50 cheaper than the main Switch, uh, and the core differences there are it has an OLED screen. So if you're playing on the system itself, it looks a lot nicer than the base model. Um, the kickstand is better, it's less wobbly than the base model, and also it has twice of uh, the internal storage as the base model. So you get 64 gigs to start instead of 32. So um, if you're going to be playing on the go exclusively, I'd say go for the Switch Lite. Uh, if you're going to be playing on the go a fair bit. I'd go for the OLED model because it's only $50 more and you get more storage and it looks better. Um, the base switch is still totally fine though if you're only gonna be playing at home and you don't mind the slightly less internal storage because you can expand that with an SD card. Can you expand the Switch Lite? Yeah, you can use micro SD cards on all three of them. Yeah. Um, and all three of them take that's that's the only major difference. It's not like, um, if you remember the 3DS, when Nintendo released the new 3DS, there were a couple of games that you could only play on the new 3DS line because they were slightly more powerful. It's not like that with the Switch. So all three of them play the same games, take the same game cards. There are a few games where if you want to play them on the Switch Lite, like Ring Fit Adventure, you have to buy a separate set of Joy-Cons because yeah. you need to detach them and you can't detach them on the Switch Lite, like I said. So. Sure. But 99% of the games work the same across all three. That's cool. That's good. So I suppose it depends what you really want from your Nintendo Switch. Depend will will determine which one you get. Uh, I um, I've been thinking about getting a Switch Lite for the children actually, so to, to persuade them to leave the main Switch alone. Uh, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, I may not. I may not. Um, so that's yeah. So that's the differences. So I mean, there's plenty there to give you to uh, to think about ahead of Christmas, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, of course. Now uh, I mentioned Nintendo Switch Online uh, earlier. It's a well, it's an online service, the equivalent to the PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live. Um, it's been around since March 2017 the Switch, but the uh, premium online service didn't arrive until September 2018, um, and not before time, a lot of people said. Now, I have a subscription to it. I know Ben does. You have the expansion, though, don't you? I don't. I don't oh, have don't. the expansion. Yeah. Oh, I've thought about did. it. I've thought about it, but I, it's a lot more money, and I've already played most of the um, Super, or, I'm sorry, N64 games uh, yeah. on there. So, I, I mean, maybe if I wanted to replay a game and it was that was the best place to do it i would sign up for a year um, but i also i'm not interested in the animal crossing dlc and i've already played the other ones that are included so it's just i don't think it's worth it for me right now um, that's fair enough yeah 
So it's um, it's an affordable uh, service, Switch Online. I found it really useful. Uh, some of the things that I mentioned earlier on are only uh, available through Switch Online. Uh, there is a version, uh, an expansion pack, which is called Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack, which includes additional benefits, as been alluded to there. Uh, what's what's the real difference here, though? Is it just features um, and game features as, as, um, and DLC, or is there anything else going on with the two things? Uh? Between the main tier and the expansion pack? Yeah. Yeah, so the main tier gets you all of the base benefits that what we can talk about in a minute. Uh, the expansion pack is all that, plus you get uh, the N64 online library, you get the Sega Genesis or Sega Mega Drive library, and then you get access to certain DLC packs um, that you can also buy separately if you want to. Um, that's That's all you get differently with the expansion pack. Everything else is included in both tiers. Okay. Now I have a family membership, which means uh, we we all have a Nintendo account. Which um, I tell you what, it seemed like a good idea at the time, but now it seems a little bit more complicated than it than I'd anticipated. Trying um, to keep everybody uh, everybody's account in line, or it, it's more a case of uh, remembering passwords and things. Oh, I see. Okay, I'm, I'm basically when everybody just shares. It's like I have a password manager, and then I'm everyone else's password manager. Right, so when they forget it, it's you yeah. got to look it up. Yeah, okay. basically. Yeah, yeah. It's not ideal. Not ideal at all. So family membership um, in the US is $34.99, and that gives you eight accounts uh, to look after. Then you've got the individual membership. Oh, these all come with a seven-free-day. Seven-free-day? What does that mean? A seven-day free trial. Then you have the individual membership option. It's one month, it's $3.99. Three months, $7.99. And then 12 months, $19.99. Those uh, three months and seven months, they're upfront prices, aren't they, though? Right, yeah, you have to pay uh, for a year of them. And then uh, something else to note, too, is that with the family subscription, you can share that with people outside of your home. So I know some some subscriptions, they're, they're like Netflix, um, they're clear about, you know, this is only for people in your household. But the Switch Online service is not like that. So if you have a few friends, whether they're in-person friends or even online buddies, um, you can invite them to your family plan and everybody saves that way. If you have even a couple people, everybody pays less per month uh, than you would on your own plan. Yeah, and it's it's a lot more affordable, beg your pardon, than um, I'm, my, my voice is going, <clears throat> excuse me. It's a lot more affordable than uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus as well, isn't it? They're sort of like nine ninety nine a month, whereas this is three ninety nine a month. That's right. Yeah. So twenty dollars a year for Switch Online, the base plan, versus um, both PlayStation Plus Essential and then Xbox Live Gold. Those are both sixty dollars a year if you pay upfront for a year. Um, so you're gets three times the price that Switch Online costs. Now, Switch Online doesn't have all the goodies that Xbox Live Gold and uh, PlayStation Plus have, but yeah, for twenty dollars, it's kind of a sort of a no-brainer if you have a Switch versus kind of something you have to weigh if with the other consoles since it's more of an investment. How does the Switch Online Plus expansion pack price compare with the price of Xbox Live or PlayStation Plus? So the Switch Live expansion pack is fifty dollars a year, and that includes everything, um, whereas the base tier for PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live gold are both $60 a year. Yeah. So it's a little bit cheaper than those, but with Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus Essential, uh, you get quote unquote free, you know, you're paying for them, but games included extra every month at no extra cost. There are often sales that where you get a, when there's a sale, you get a deeper discount if you're a member. 
um, little perks and things like that, whereas the Switch Online service doesn't have that. Now, you do get access to the NES and SNES Online libraries, but that's not really the same as free games to download every month. So you get a little bit less for your money, plus Nintendo's online infrastructure isn't as good as those other two services, for sure. Um, there's no party chat. Voice chat actually is very convoluted on the Switch, which is a... a, a a rough point of the system for sure. So it's less money, but it's also less polished. With the uh, the expansion version of Switch Online, that you are going to get um, the Sega games as well, don't you? That's right. Yeah, there's a library of Genesis or Mega Drive, uh, depending on your region, games. Um, that's kind of, the N64. Like if you've never played some of these classics, like. Star Fox 64, or Lilat Wars, um, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Banjo-Kazooie. If you've never played them before and that's the only way you could, it's probably worth $50. You pay for one year, you play them all. None of them are super, super long. And then maybe you don't resubscribe after that. Um, the Genesis or Mega Drive games are kind of a harder sell, uh, in my opinion, for this because Sega regularly publishes um, Sega Genesis classics or Sega Mega Drive classics, like standalone games that cost like $30. And you can get them on the Nintendo eShop digitally, or I think they sell them physically too. So if that's what you're interested in, you can pay a one-time price for more games that's not a subscription. Um, and it has different features and more games, like I said. So kind of a tricky sell if you're only looking at, at those. Uh, it's probably worth mentioning, and I'm going a little bit off script here, uh, but uh, when we recorded this, uh, less than a week ago, it was finally confirmed that GoldenEye 007 would be heading to the Nintendo Switch after uh, on the N64 platform after uh, many, many months of speculation. I mean, when I say many months, it's, it's got to be at least 18 months this has been going on since the um, the Xbox version was leaked. Yeah, that'll be interesting too. I'm very curious to see how they handle this because I believe, I didn't look into this too closely, but I believe they said that GoldenEye is also going to be coming to Xbox and I think yes. they're semi-remastering it, like not remaking the whole thing. But No, they're not. So basically, um, since I've got onto the topic, the they have been upgraded in terms of 4K resolution and smooth frame rates. This is on uh, both versions. Now, the GoldenEye 007 that was leaked for the Xbox in uh, early 2021. That was, I think I'm right in saying, some of my dates might be a bit wonky here, that was initially intended for release on Xbox 360 in about 2009, but it was pulled. Wow. And that version, which you can play if you follow uh, instructions to download software that you're not supposed to have, namely the leaked file, um, that was reskinned and it looks really good, but that is not the version that is being released on Xbox uh, around the same time as the Nintendo release. Um, it's crazy that they're not releasing that version because it clearly, you know, people have played through it. There's videos of it on YouTube, um, playing through the reskinned version, and but you're getting a game that looks like the Nintendo 64 version, basically, because it essentially is only with 4K. That's what I was curious about, because I more than the visuals, I was thinking the controls. So if you remember, if you've never played the game, um, the original version of GoldenEye on N64, the yep. N64 only has one control stick. Yep. So you have to hold another button to aim. Like, it, it, like you stop moving and then you aim, which is obviously very dated. Um, 
So Perfect Dark, which is kind of the spiritual successor to GoldenEye, when they re-released that on Xbox 360 and it was touched up, same thing. They added dual stick support to it. Yeah. Um, and I tried that game recently. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Rare that developed both games. And I, I liked it. Like the game is very ahead of its time, Perfect Dark. But even with dual sticks, you can still tell that it was a, a very early console shooter because it's really slippery. Like it's hard to aim you really have yes. to rely on the auto aim kind of thing. Yeah. So I'm all that to say, I'm curious if gold and I will have the same issue or like it's borderline unplayable today with all of our modern. I'm hoping that enhancements fix it. we expect. Yeah. I'm hoping they'll fix it. I remember um, when I played, not that I'm saying that I have, but when I played the remastered version that was leaked, uh, it was reasonably straightforward to control, but, do you know, at this point, I can't quite remember. I think... No, I did, because I was using the Xbox... I was using the Xenia emulator, so I would have connected an Xbox controller. So I did all that stuff. And I made a short video of it, and I seem to get through it reasonably well, apart from forgetting to shoot all of the alarms um, in the first stage. <laughs> Idiot. Um, so, yeah, it worked reasonably well, I think, with, with the Xbox controller. So it should... I think I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be fine. I think the the, yeah. the, the most bizarre thing about this, really, aside from the um, lack of the reskin version, is the fact that the Switch version is multiplayer online, and the Xbox version isn't. Yeah, I mean that was one of its big. I mean the single player was very well renowned, but yeah, the multiplayer yeah. was a big deal back in the day. I mean it's it makes me happy just to see this game get a re-release because this is the kind of game that's just a nightmare with the licensing and all this. Like Rare developed it on a Nintendo platform then Rare's not owned by Nintendo anymore, plus it's a licensed game. Like, this type of stuff just is very hard to re-release with yes. modern considerations, so it's nice to to see it get another chance. Not another chance. It was, you know, not another a new audience. For a the new audience. Era. It needs yeah. a new audience. It deserves a new audience because it's a superb game, and it's been hugely influential over the years. Um, even now, um, you know, people who played it remember it with... A great deal of affection and you know most sure. most games can't say that now these days it's very hard to get hold of any game console without it coming with a game pre-installed um or packaged with a game alongside it usually when you buy a nintendo switch for example you're probably going to get the version that ships with mario kart and even if you don't, there are various other options. I think there's a Splatoon kit, isn't there? Among other, uh, I actually, I want to say that the Switch hasn't had a ton of, well, themed ones. You know, where it's like the no, system it hasn't had a, a lot of them. Way. No, it hasn't. No, because I remember there with was Nintendo Animal Crossing. 64. There was hundreds of them, but uh, with the Switch, I think you're probably right. I think it's probably Mario Kart, Animal Crossing, and one or two others. Yeah, I think there was. There was. Um, I'm looking now. There is an OLED. There's a Switch OLED model special edition Splatoon 3. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, th yeah, those are kind of hard to come by. And also most people that want one already have one by the time those games come out, you know, so they're kind of a hard sell and they're usually only available for a very short time. But what happens if you buy a Switch and it's either a completely bare one or it only comes with one game? Well, obviously you're going to look for free games, aren't you? And there, there are some free games available on the Switch. There's quite a few, I think. We've got a list of seven free-to-play games uh, that are available on the Nintendo Switch. And you've got uh, 
Fall Guys, Pokemon Cafe Remix, you got Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Jewel, Tetris 99, which is a Battle Royale Tetris. you got Fortnite, duh. Fallout Shelter is free. I think it's free on Android as well, though. Uh, you got Pokemon Unite, uh, but there's a bunch of other games as well. There's um, Rocket League's free, for example. Yeah, Rocket League's free now. That's a big one. Apex Legends is free, and I think that's on Switch. I don't. Does that run on Switch? Look, it's free on everything, but... Oh, yeah, it is on Switch. I imagine it probably doesn't run super well. Um, yeah, but that's free. Um, Overwatch 2 is also free to play now. Now that Overwatch 1 became Overwatch 2, the original game isn't available, but Overwatch 2 is free to play. That's another one. Um... What else is a big free-to-play game? Is Warframe on Switch? I'm asking myself this because I, I know these games, but I don't know if they're on Switch. Uh, yeah, Warframe is on Switch too. So that's a free-to-play, like, uh, action, third-person action game with a lot of quests to grind and things like that. So if you're not picky, there's plenty of games to try out for yeah. free. And, th- and some games have demos as well, don't they, as well? So you don't necessarily have to get a free game. You could get away with just playing a demo for a bit. And oh, one one thing to note too, we mentioned Tetris ninety nine. Technically, it's not free because you have to have a Switch Online subscription, uh, which yeah, is yeah. twenty dollars a year at, at if you pay for the year. Um, but if you do that, you also get access to Pac Man ninety nine, which is a similar battle royale with Pac Man, um, and you get the uh, NES and SNES Online libraries with for no extra cost. So that gives you dozens of classic games for you know one price of not free but very cheap for a service you might want to buy anyway. Do you, I mean, do you play a lot of free games? I mean, in, for, for, at my end, um, probably the only free game that ever gets played, and when I say free, I mean once they're free to buy, not once I've been given, uh, it's probably Rocket League. Yeah, I. so I, this is a long discussion, I guess. Basically, when I see free to play, I basically treat it like a mobile game now. You know, like it's free to play, but that means the monetization is going to be really predatory and have all these other annoyances. Yeah. So yeah, Ro- I, Rocket League, and I, now, I mean, Over, like Overwatch is one of my favorite multiplayer games ever. So now that Overwatch 2 is free to play, those are the two main ones. Um, we don't really, I just play Apex with my friends. We don't really play that too much anymore. But yeah, I got, well, Rocket League, when it came out on PlayStation, it was the free PlayStation Plus game that month. So I've had it for free all that time, even when it was a paid game. Um, but I, I do enjoy that game, yeah, but I, I don't care about the cosmetics like at all in that game. Um, but I'm glad it's free. It's nice when a game is free because you can just ask your friends to check it out with you and you don't have to feel like, oh, they're going to spend $20, $30, $60 on a game and if they don't like it, then they wasted their money because I asked them to try it, you know? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's pros and cons to it, but yeah, those are the two ones I play most now. So aside from free, what, what, what do you play most on the Switch? What do you think has been the best game on the Switch? Well, that's a tough question because there's so many good... I mean, there's so many good indie games that are on Switch that I have already played elsewhere um, that makes it kind of tough. I mean, looking at my library, I mean, Hades is one of the best games I've played in the last several years, and I I played that on Switch. It's on other systems, too. Um, I really enjoyed Dicey Dungeons, which is another roguelike. Again, that's not only on Switch. Um, As far as the best Switch exclusives, I had a lot of fun with Splatoon 2, and I'm playing Splatoon 3 now, as I I recommended on a recent show. Um... Zelda Breath of the Wild is one of the best games I've ever played, so that's up there for sure. Um, I mean, it's, it's the, the Switch is so loaded with good first-party games and third-party games and indies that there's, there's, it's just you're spoiled for choice. Um, 
Smash Ultimate classic party game. I played a game called Crosscode on Switch on Switch that I really enjoyed too. That's also on other systems, but had a really good time with that one. Um, I have all the Jackbox games on Switch, which are fun with friends, but they're everywhere. What about you? Tricky question. Um, a lot of the stuff that we've got is not necessarily mine. So, I mean, for me, I think probably the games that I've enjoyed the most, I don't know. Sometimes I think it's something like um, the, um, the Ring Fit Adventures, but I also feel that that's a little bit kind of gets a bit samey. So I, I, I'm going to sound like a stuck record if uh, anyone's heard a previous podcast. Um, the game that I've enjoyed playing the most is either going to be Turrican Flashback, which is a collection of uh, games that was uh, released on the Amiga, or um, Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> okay, so it's mostly been the classics for you. Yeah, again, um, we've, we have had a bit of fun playing on uh, some of the NES and SNES games. But um, Rocket League gets played a lot. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe gets played a hell of a lot in our house. Um, But also another one that gets played a lot, an underrated collection of games, the 51 Worldwide Games. We spend a lot of time playing those. I've thought about getting that because there's a couple different sets of friends where when I hang out with them, I usually bring my Switch and we play something. Um, So the games like that, they're just like fun local multiplayer games. I, I, I usually get when they go on sale. But I heard, I, not mixed things, I guess. Like some of the games were good, some were not that great. And also, but I saw a lot of them were only two players. And usually I'm yeah. with at least three people total. So um, I thought that might not be the best fit. I um, wouldn't say any of them are bad. Some of the execution on a few of them might be unusual, but I wouldn't say any of them are bad per se. Um, you know, they might be based on games that aren't that engaging to start with. But uh, no, I wouldn't say they were bad. Okay, I guess that makes sense. I mean, it is, there's value in just having, you know, you have Backgammon and Texas Hold'em and Mancala oh, yeah. and Lejean, like all just without having to like have the space in your house taken up by them and like set yeah. the board up and all that stuff. It's nice to just click on it and have it there. Yeah, I might get that next time it goes on sale. I thought about it last time and decided against it, but. There's um, a couple of arcade style games in there as well. So there's a, there's a table hockey game and there's a kind okay. of a, a, uh, a, a dual, a competitive dual matching game, call a matching game type of experience, which is gets a little bit mental if you're uh, if you're married to someone who doesn't like to lose and you also don't like to lose. Things can get yeah, heated. For, uh, <laughs> oh yes, it certainly can. But uh, yeah, I I I um, found that some games I expected to be really popular with my children didn't turn out to be that popular. So, for example, uh, Star Wars The Skywalker Saga still sits uncompleted. Is that one of the Lego games? That's the brand new Lego Star Wars game, yeah. Okay, okay. So that covers the entire history of Star Wars movies. Whereas, um, on the uh, Wii U, upstairs, um, you know, the the Lego Star Wars games have been uh, completed 
on the Xbox, the Lego Star Wars games have been completed, but uh, this brand new Lego Star Wars game just sits, and it's not, you know, it obviously takes time to complete a game, but it's just, it hasn't engaged in the same way that the old ones did. And I feel like the only way it's going to get completed is if I do it. That's that's odd. Maybe, I don't know, maybe they, if, if some of the stuff from the Wii U and Xbox versions are in the, Sky, the, the Skywalker complete package, Maybe they found it too samey. I'm not sure. Well, they've. Re- I, I mean, it's completely rewritten from scratch. It's a completely new game engine, and there's probably some similarities and uh, features that are similar. But it's not like it's. Uh, it's not a continuation. It's a complete rebuild. So. Oh okay. You know, it's uh, it's it's uh, the levels are different. The ang- you know, with older Lego games, you have that strange kind of perspective issue, don't you? Where you can't. In in some challenges, you can't get a good look at what you're trying to do or see the entire screen. It's a bit of a problem in, uh, for instance, in the Star Wars, oh, goodness me, it's either Return of the Jedi or the original Star Wars game, or it might be in The Phantom Menace, where there's, uh, it's probably one of the other two, um, where there's a, uh, a sand crawler. There's a mission on the sand crawler. And there's a similar issue in the first Batman game, I think I'm right in saying, where there's a tower and you have to climb the tower for some reason or other, and it's difficult to do because you can't quite look where you need to look at points and that isn't a problem with this lego star wars game you can look pretty much everywhere you need to look so yeah it is completely rebuilt i mean is is there anything that you feel has been a missed opportunity on the switch or that you were disappointed with when you got it um that's a good question there's been a couple games this generation i've been disappointed with but it was less to do with the switch and more the game itself um well star fox zero that was on wii u Ukulele, which I think came out when it might have come out right before the Switch was released or right around that time. That's one of the most disappointing games I've ever played personally. Um, but that was also multi system. I don't really think there's been too many like big Switch games that came out that I just thought were bad or didn't live up to it. Um, I'm look, taking a look here. I did. There's a game, so Platinum Games, who make who makes uh, Bayonetta and a couple other series. They had a game on Wii U called The Wonderful 101 that I heard was like overlooked. It's kind of, it's, you control like a bunch of superheroes basically all at once. And like you, you control like a big group of people and there's different combos to do moves and stuff. Um, and I heard it was overlooked on Wii U. So Platinum independently did a Kickstarter to fund The Wonderful 101 Remastered. Um, and I, I backed that Kickstarter, so I got the game code, obviously. Yeah. And then when it came out, I, I tried it, and I, I like, hated it. Like, I, oh. I played the first level and thought it was just, I could not, the controls didn't make any sense. It's so weird, because Platinum, like, I Bayonetta is all, like, I love those games, but Platinum made Star Fox Zero, and I hate that game. Um, they made, what else did they make that I didn't like? I tried Vanquish, I heard it was good, and I, I didn't like it very much, so... I, I don't. I thought Platinum was one of those developers where if they made something, I wanted to play it no matter what. And it seems to be more hit or miss, I guess. Oh no, um, yeah, that'd be the main one I would think of. I mean, most of the Switch games, most of the Switch games I was excited for, like Mario Odyssey is another massive one. Breath of the Wild were all great. There were some hidden gems too, like Astral Chain. That's 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 a Platinum game. Another good example. I think that's one of the best action games on the Switch, and nobody ever talks about this game. I think it's super good. Um, but it's kind of an unknown hidden gem for sure. So definitely a hit or miss developer there, but yeah, that was, that was a nice one. Cause I, I remember seeing marketing for it and thinking, what is this? And I'm like, Oh, this sounds cool. So I just grabbed it on a whim and ended up loving it. That's a, that's always a fun experience. Okay. Um, well, I suppose we, um, 
have got this far through the podcast on pretty much the Nintendo Switch. We need to um, probably finish with some sort of useful bit of advice that the uh, listener can take away with them. Now, I know that you've upgraded your SD card lately, haven't you? Or you've got a new SD card for your Switch. Yes, that's right. How so I had complicated a, oh, was that process? Uh, it was slow because of the copying speed, but it was easy. So um, when I it was when I bought my Switch, I think I bought a 200 gigabyte micro SD card, um, and that's on the original Switch. That's just under the kickstand. I'm not exactly sure where it's at for the other two, but I'm, I think it's very easy. You don't have to unscrew a compartment or anything. So on the original Switch, you just pop open the kickstand, slide that micro SD card out. That's all you have to do. Turn it off first. Um, and then, yeah, so the copying process is just, you take all the contents of the old card, drag it onto your desktop or wherever, which takes, for me, I have about 166 gigabytes on the card. So it took 20 ish minutes to copy over. Okay. And then you pop out your old, old card, you format the new one and then copy everything from your desktop back over to the card. And that took probably 45 minutes. Um, but then you just pop the new card in your switch and it's like, everything's just moved over. It's very easy. Um, just got to set, set aside some time for it. So it was that easy. Yeah. 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 It was, it was simple. Um, I hope maybe you probably don't have as much data as I did. So it'd be faster for you, but yeah, it, there was no, I mean, wow. even the 3ds, I think the 3ds I have, you have to, um, unscrew the battery compartment to get to the card. I mean, it's minor, but annoying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, nothing like that. It's super easy. You don't have to like reinstall the system software or anything since since the card is just extra storage it's not the primary storage device wow that's impressive that's impressive i'm i mean i'm uh seeing how much i can store on my uh steam deck now for pretty much the same price as i bought my 64 gigabyte uh storage for, for the nintendo switch a few years ago uh i'm certainly uh tempted to upgrade <laughs> Well, hopefully you've enjoyed our uh, long old chinwag. It's, it's been very much a sort of a fireside chat, hasn't it, about the Nintendo Switch between uh, Ben Stegner and myself. So uh, hopefully you've enjoyed that, and there's something you can take away from this, whether it being how easy it is to uh, switch SD cards on your Nintendo Switch, or uh, which free games to try, or which retro games to try, or any of the other stuff that we've discussed in this week's really useful podcast. Uh, we will be back with a new show soon. Everything we discuss in the podcast you'll find in the show notes. So uh, click those links, find out more, share far and wide, and we will be back again soon. Until then, it's goodbye. <laughs>